Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 824. My biggest uh, failures has become the biggest success. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's a very special guest calling all the way in from Sweden, Michael Lindbergh. Hey, Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Michael Lindbergh is an artist, a designer, and the lead designer at Koenigsegg Automotive in Sweden. Koenigsegg was founded in 1994 by Christian von Koenigsegg with a goal to produce performance-focused fighter jet-inspired sports cars that enhance the vehicle's performance. Michael was raised in a home inspired by design, and his late father was a very famous goldsmith who created Fabergé eggs and exclusive beautiful jewelry. He's been involved in automotive design, including wheel design, sports cars, racing cars, street cars and trucks, buses, diggers, boats, trains, and even medical equipment. He's touched brands including Volvo, Saab, MG Rover, Scania, Renault, and of course, Koenigsegg. So Michael, I have told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and of course, an obvious passion for automobiles? Yes. Basically, I mean, uh, it started when I was very young. I, I think I was uh, three years old when I started to draw. And, and the first thing I did was uh, draw a car and I just <laughs> continued with that. Uh, I was hooked and uh, by that virus that all the, the car hooked people are with the, within the body. and I've got the same disease, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's uncurable. You know? Yes, I think so. And uh, yes, it basically, I, I, I always sat in my room and piles of papers on the wall with a lot of car sketches. And uh, I was always thrilled by new cars in the magazines. And I, I remember when I my first real poster on the wall was a Lamborghini Countach, oh, and yes. uh, that was really, really mind-blowing feeling when I saw that. And I, I remember that was like a, I think it was a whitish-colored uh, uh, Countach that was on my wall, and and uh, literally I could lie the whole night and just look at it because it was so extraordinary compared to the all the other cars that uh, Marcello Gandini did for for Lamborghini, but it was just so extraordinary. It was like a space rocket. It was incredible. You know, I think all of us had those uh, posters on our walls. I'm a little older than you, of course. So my uh, my poster was, uh, I think it was a 19... The first year of the Porsche 930 Turbo came out. It was a picture of that mm-hmm. Porsche Turbo with some smoke around it. And I remember having one of the Berlinetta Boxer Ferrari on my wall as well. So, uh, but yeah, all the fun, fun stuff. Well... You know, we're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on your journey. But I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or some kind of mantra, something that has some meaning in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Michael, take the wheel. Uh, Where should I start? Where do you want me to start? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I think we're going to go on a little journey here. Um, I mean, I get inspired by anything literally it doesn't it could be a, a turtle when i see it in um, in the uh, ocean or, or or when i see a, a nice steering wheel from a 
Lamborghini or whatever, Every, anything, it's like uh, um, the way it starts when you're sort of creative in, in the in the car business is like uh, you, you, it's like a continuous pouring water tap and you can't stop it. You just have to go with the flow all the time and you have creative and crazy ideas that you need to pour down on the paper with a pencil and, and, uh, and it starts as a young, young guy and then it, it's just, uh, it doesn't matter who, what age you are, or you're in the 30s or 40s, I think, or in the 80s, it's like just you're just as a young child as as um, as I feel, and and then um, there is no difference. Like I get paid for for doing the same thing as I was when I was three or four years old, <laughs> and and for me it's wonderful. I mean, uh, for us passionate car people, it's a journey of uh, being part of the creation of something very unique especially when you go in the sports car area and um it, it, it's a sort of uh, marriage that you never can you can you can't leave it and and uh, it, we talked about it that earlier about the virus and and of course there are limelights in the, within the career but i think the limelight is the first time when you discover that when you're young and you can you can create something especially cars that are so filled with passion and and people really loves it it's like a almost it's like a painting people are so passionate i mean you can talk to anyone about ferrari or lamborghini or whatever and uh, it doesn't matter age and that's what i love and no races, nothing. It's, it's just one shared feeling. It's like a football, I think. Also, you, it's like a common, it's like a common language. Yes, you know, uh, the takeaway I have from what you shared here is being observant and looking at the world around you and seeing things in a different way by just simply slowing down and being observant. I had the luxury of having a father who was an architect and an artist who raised me to do just that. Wherever I went with him, he was always pointing out little details of things that Mm. most people wouldn't notice, but it's plagued me in a way my whole life because I can't walk into any situation without looking at all the details, whatever they might be. But yeah, they help creative people and help your mind explore other alternatives. And you see that in car design sometimes. You see actually Mm. nature in car design with fluidity or with rigidity. Is that what you're experiencing when you're looking at all these things and then you take them back to the drawing board when you work on uh, an automotive design? Definitely. I mean, uh, like we say, the devil is within the detail, and, and uh, uh, especially when when you're dealing with the super exclusive cars. Uh, I mean, if you look in, into what Rolls Royce is doing, or Bentley, or or uh, within that segment of cars, they they don't do over, They're not getting over crazy with them. Um, over decorated things mm-hmm. they are literally reducing the decorations but pronounce the decorations more and pro- make them more profound um, the quality of the material the, the the split lines between the different materials that's where where you can see the quality of of the vehicle actually yes. and uh, that is something that's uh, through the years, that's something that really um, makes you 
sort of understand the business that uh, over decoration is nothing nothing connected with the, with the high quality i think knowing when to stop is very important in design that's for sure well i'd love to go back in time a little bit and learn a story about what instigated your passion for cars you were a car guy you've been a car guy forever you said you were drawing cars back when you were as young as three years old but is there mm-hmm. a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were indeed hooked on cars i can't say it was actually from the first moment because like when as a young kid i was sitting in the car with my parents and uh, i could all could see all the cars i mean i knew what car we were driving past or was meeting in the street because my, my especially my father since he was uh, extremely creative and he gave they gave me all the things i could dream of with with the oil colors and whatever pencils i wanted but just so i could be creative and they understood early that i i was kind of that guy who was could sit and draw the whole time right. I, I, didn't, I didn't need to eat and just <laughs> i love that and and the four wheels came in straight in i mean the, i remember in my father's studio uh, and and his uh, the guy that he uh, shared the studio with, I could see since 10 years ago when they shut that down. I remember that he they still kept those sketches that I did when I was three oh, years wow. old. And it was just cars. Yeah. Just cars. It was, it didn't, the, the brands, it was Citroen, it could be a Volvo, it could be a Ferrari, it could be anything. And, and, and I was hooked. And, um, and, I, and I even got, I could even see that if there was a big sketch or painting that I wanted to do, I didn't have enough with papers. I had put some scotch tape in the back and then... <laughs> Made your canvas bigger. Yes. It's so wonderful that your father, being the creative mind that he was in the jewelry industry, mm-hmm. allowed you to expose your creativity in the way that uh, helped you further your career and so forth. So very nice when parents uh, help us along in that way. Well, Michael, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. But of course, the most important part of these things that we encounter in life, these challenges, are what they teach us. So kind of walk us down a path, take us to a point in time where it was a bit painful, but tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. I mean, painful times, I think, as a designer is... um is I've been talking to my friend Chris Bangle about this a few times. Ah, uh, yes, Chris, another guest here on Cars, yeah. Yes, uh, a legend, and 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 it's like uh, you know we we the thing with with the, us car designers, we put a lot of emotions into our work, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes since it's a very competitive sort of area and and you put it all your faith and work and believe in one thing and when it's get chopped uh, sometimes uh, it's uh, unsuccessful because uh, basically it's a uh, it's a judgment and uh, it's painful to see your baby get get whacked out and uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah so it happens every now and then and and but somehow it's uh, and sometimes you get successful and your design is just promoted and sometimes it's maybe it happens in a flow and then suddenly your your designs is not fitting what the deciding people uh, want so and and it's very hard to to know what uh, sort of uh, taste is taste and and sometimes uh, 
you, you have to accept that uh, your design was not uh, successful. But so I think my biggest failures, it's in, if it's a failure, I think it's good to failure. It's definitely the best thing to failure to get your success. My biggest uh, failures has become the biggest success because because it has projected me and give me more inspiration and more um, sort of pushing myself in in terms of technical uh, think uh, behaving in, in sort of uh, new thinking of new materials new shapes uh, that no one else have been well it's hard to do something that no one else have done before but i think uh, the way you constant has to innovate within the design because it's it's really cramped area to do a car design that is 100% unique because you can always relate to something a fantastic car in the 30s or something like that so right, right. I, yeah. I don't have an exceptional failure in that. I think uh, as uh, as a failure for me is that well, when your design is not hundred uh, percent accepted by the, the by the board, someone else get picked. Um, I think that will be my my, my uh, worst your experience. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Having worked in design because I worked in advertising and design for years, and you would work very hard on something and bring it in front of a client, and they would either mm. like it or they'd go, "Well, it's okay," or they just say, yeah. "I hate that." And you go, yeah. "Well, I put all my heart into it," and yeah. you know, yeah. it just because it is a very subjective thing. And when you get to the complexities of automotive design, oh my mm. gosh, there's so many factors there. But I love the fact that you've embraced these failures as ways to launch into successes because yeah. from these things, from other people giving us input, we can see things in a different perspective. And it's like that way in life. We mm. see things through our own perspective and by having other people critique us, we can see things in a different way. And it's like looking in the mirror and seeing yourself in a way you've never seen yourself. Oh, is that me? So I think that's fantastic. I love the way you approach it, and especially in automotive design. It's a repeated message here with all the automotive designers I've had as guests here on Cars, yeah. But let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story where you had kind of a career aha moment. It's a time when you're, uh, those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction of what you're doing. And tell us how you took those steps to make that aha moment a bigger success. I'm not so fond of awards and things like that, but sometimes when I got um, I got an award, Red Dot Award, it's called. Uh, oh yeah, I'm familiar with Red Dot. Yeah, that's that's an international award system. Yeah, it's a German, uh, and it was in the category best of the best, and it was uh, with the hauler. It's actually a sort of a construction equipment vehicle. Oh, okay. uh, it's a very heavy loader. It's bigger than a truck. And uh, I, we, we won a prize for that design theme, the vehicle itself. But the thing was that what I was most thrilled with with, with that was uh, the story behind it. Because there was uh, two consultant companies that, w- that were working against each other. And uh, I was in the other team that uh, I was myself. And the other team had two or three guys. They've been working for four or five months on this. And I got uh, a week to produce something. And Just a week? Five days, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, I was successful. And uh, I was... Yeah, I was really thrilled that the, I just uh, gave everything in, in those five days and, and I won. And then the thing was that was I was, yeah, it was fun to get the prize. 
the most thrilling part was that that design theme was pronounced on 240 different vehicles within the Volvo construction equipment segment. Oh, so wow. it was, yeah, that was, uh, I think that that was the aha moment for me, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though it's cool to design a Koenigsegg or something <laughs> really ridiculous quick yes. when we went over 400. But I think this was because it was such an impact and uh, that such a short period could make that impact on a whole company that yeah. for me that that uh, i felt i felt very happy that. I, that that was the first time i really f- felt that what an impact a person can do uh, and it was a great success well it sounds like you may have answered my next question which was a proudest career moment was that that the one that really stands out for you or is there another one that you'd like to share I think that was the the peak because it was a, such a there were so many vehicles that were involved with this and uh, I think uh, yeah that was a the peak sort of congratulations again fantastic well let's go back in time your life a little bit and talk about your first really special car the first car that you got that really had some meaning for you and maybe you could share a special memory you have about that vehicle yeah it has to be um, the first time I saw a Lamborghini Countach. This was in Gothenburg in, I think, 1979. And uh, Gothenburg is not like in New York or LA. It's uh, it's not a poor man's uh, city, but it's a working town. And uh, you don't see as many of these really high-end cars there. But there was a Lamborghini Countach that was in a purple metallic paint. Oh my gosh. But it was fantastic, actually. It sounds really crazy, but it was very dark and you didn't see the metallic until you went quite close to the car. Mm-hmm. And I remember the chap who owned that car, he has put his hand sort of... He put his hand in white paint and put the hand sort of on one of the sides of the car. I think it was on the left-hand side. Oh, my. Just like, yeah. But that was, I think, when I saw that on a street, that changed my whole sort of, I was so hooked. Uh, I I mean, I remember I, I told, told my mom and dad, I, I want a poster with a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that car, I, the first time I saw one was 1976. I was a senior in high school, and it mm. was pretty much the first generation of those cars when they came out. You know, the old Periscopo design of the automobile, and a kid at school, his dad had gotten one of those, and he came pulling up to the curb, and I just like went, what? Is that it must be a flying mm-hmm. machine or something? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When you first see something like that that just blows you away that you've never seen, it kind of puts you back on your heels and you're just and he drove off. I'm like, no, come back, come back. Yeah, <laughs> I want to, I want to look up close. And I yeah. eventually ended up in his dad's garage and got to look at that thing and uh, sit in it and just go, oh my gosh, this is absolutely spectacular. So, uh, yeah, now when it comes back to your first car though since that was the first car you saw have you had mm-hmm. a, have you had a first car that you actually owned that had a lot of meaning to you my first car that i bought myself was a ford sierra but it was without the cool wing my dad had a ford sierra xr4i i think it was called uh-huh. with a double wing it was sort of a cosworth um but my my first car was without that cool double wing on yeah. the roof. Uh, I remember those cars. They were really different. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were really different. Yeah, but I think mine was quite rough, the first car I bought, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't uh, very happy about it. Well, um, you know, <laughs> it, few of us can afford a Lamborghini Countach as yeah. our first yeah. car, so don't feel yeah. so bad. No, <laughs> Mine was a 67 uh, Chevy Nova, you know, four-door, pretty blah, boring car, but uh, it got me to the beach, and that's all I really cared about. <laughs> How about a car you've owned that you've let go? Do you have a seller's remorse, tear-in-the-eye story for us? I owned a Landy Discovery. Oh, cool. I really like that car because there is an interesting story that I don't know how much um, there was when I was studying in, in Coventry uh, when I did my um, Master of Design. And um, we were sort of doing a, a group project with, with Land Rover itself. And I remember I did some design sketches with the sort of... Uh, asymmetric place for the uh, extra spare wheel within the end. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember when sort of uh, I did some of those sketches sort of were inspiring uh, that design team within the Land Rover. And, and, and I, remember, I, I, I remember when I saw that on the Discovery, the first, um, I think it was Discovery 2 when mm-hmm. it came. That, okay. when that uh, it was a bit more um, clean and look design compared to the first generation of discovery if you remember that one yes yeah uh, but this uh, number two uh, it had this uh, sort of graphical design s- sketch theme that I uh, did on a sketch in school and I for me I don't know if the, how much they used it but they s- thought it was a great sketch and I remember for me, when I owned my my own uh, discovery years after, and I was I sort of uh, went really happy about the the memory and and and, and sort of whether they were it was uh, inspired for them to to be applied on the car itself. I don't know, but uh, for me and and when I had to sell my my discovery because it was a lot of uh, problem with the electricity and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they have done. I think Land Rover Discovery number four is much better than oh, three. Of course, yeah. No, they've yeah. Been, they've yeah. improved drastically over those old old days. Now they're reliable cars, and it's the same with Jaguar and some of the other yeah. cars that were challenged in the old days. Let let us yeah. say to be kind. Yeah. Well, what can you tell us about what has you excited and fired up right now? And I know that you're a lead designer at Koenigsegg. Uh, incredible cars. I mean, they're like fighter jet cars. They're just, they're so mm. beyond imagination. I know there's certain things you can't talk about because they're things you're working on that are coming out. But what can you tell our listeners about your role there and what you have to say and share about this incredible brand of automobiles? It's just mind-blowing. I mean, I've been in a few design studios a bit here and there. And since it's a small company, um, we have to do much more things, um, sort of, because the work can't be spread out as in, in a big company. And the thing is, like, uh, since the team is such that small overall, I think now it's we are 150 people within the company. It's like living in 400 kilometer per hour. It's like working there. That that that's sort of uh, the feeling. Uh, everything goes so quick, within good and bad. You can say about that, but <laughs> yeah. it feels like you're driving in four hundred, uh, literally. Yeah, because it goes so quick. Uh, a lot of things we have to change, and we, since since um, yeah, we 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 have to 
we have to invent a lot of things by ourselves and uh, it's not just like in in a in a no, well normal design studio you have uh, you you have sort of your bits to do but here you are going in another um, i mean we are literally uh, climbing on the engineers and aerodynamics guys and and sort of we try to iterate and each other uh, and to develop things much faster and much much better and, and, and uh, quality-wise all the time. So we are sort of climbing on each other all the time. So instead of sitting in each rooms, we, we try to iterate all the time. And uh, that's a big challenge. But um, since when we do that, we, we save more uh, time to sort of um, – because we, we, uh, we ought to develop it quicker all the time and, and sort of the whole car business is going that direction but i think uh, we are a bit more uh, since we are we are a small company and probably the the smallest car production company in the world i mean producing uh, what have you done less than 200 cars totally so yeah uh, well the uh the two models you guys produce the if i'm saying this right the regera Mm-hmm. The Regera and the Agera RS, which is of course the more sporty version, as if the first one is not sporty enough. I mean, <laughs> I mean, these cars are absolutely insane. Is I don't know how mm. else to describe them. The, they're obviously performance is a key word when you think of Koenigsegg and the automobile and so forth. But uh, I would think as a designer, there's a, an absolute uh, joy in the fact that you can be involved in so many aspects because in a big company, you might only design one little tiny thing, but here mm. your your handprints, your fingerprints are getting on yeah. a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, th- that's why... I wanted to go back, come back. Uh, I mean, um, I was working at Saab before, and uh, Christian phoned me up on a Sunday, and he said, uh, "Can you come?" Yeah, I'll come. <laughs> yeah. When when do you want me there? <laughs> uh, I was there one month later. So yeah. I mean, uh, th- that's the funny thing with it that you can be so. <sighs> I mean, you can literally you go go from the sketching table, you take a few steps onto the engineers, then you have the Christian there sitting, or you have the, the those who are buying in the things, and you go uh, steps downstairs. You have the yeah, you have the whole factory. Everybody's there. You, there. Yeah, you know that's that's what what to me is what's so neat about it is you can yeah, yeah. you know how many car designers can go talk to the the big wig, the top guy on the chain. Yeah. Not too many can do that, can walk up to those big offices and just walk mm-hmm. in and said, hey, boss, what do you think about this? But, uh, you know, congratulations to you guys, because I know as of June of this year, you'd sold out of your Regera model. I think you've sold, produced 80 units. Are you going to produce 80 units of that car? Yeah. Which is very cool. Congratulations for that. I mean, considering what you guys are building, these are not inexpensive cars. These are very expensive Sports cars for uh, the best wheel heel, well-heeled people around the planet. So, uh, oh my gosh, yeah. And for those folks out there that don't know about Koenigsegg, I don't know where you've lived or what rock you've lived under, but <laughs> go check out the website uh, because these things are insane. The way the doors open are insane. I mean, everything about them is absolutely spectacular, what you and your team are doing. Very, very, very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Michael. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I mean, I love to go on safaris. And for me, the best safari vehicle ever 
is the Toyota Land Cruiser from the 80s, mid-80s. I don't remember if it's 85, I think it's called. It's robust. It can go quick over bumps. Uh, it's uh, exploring. And that's how I am as a person. I'm an explorer. And I explore exploring new shapes and designs on papers. Very nicely said. Yeah, those are very, very robust vehicles. That's for sure. They're around the world. They'll take you around the world. So I like mm. that. That's why I'll let our listeners know when I first uh, spoke to Michael, he sent me a picture of himself in what I thought at first was going to be some kind of a sports car, but no, it was in, it was in, it looked like a, a Hummer, I think is what yeah, that is. It is what's a Hummer. And I just went, wait a minute, is this the same guy I was just talking to who works at Koenigsegg? Oh yeah, he is. So, uh, yeah, when you look at his show notes page, you'll see that vehicle, a friend of his car that, uh, yeah, that he was in. So very, very cool. Well, Michael, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Okay, Michael, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice or automotive design advice you've ever received? It was from my... um a friend of mine who's a Mongolian designer at Renault, he said, it doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. Mm, I like that. Very, very nice. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? Passion and love. Ah, well said. Of course, from the words and the mouth of a designer, I understand. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with the Cars Yow listeners that you find really fun? 
Oh, yeah, there are a lot of resources. Um, I mean, since I paint a lot, uh, I, I tend to look at... I, I think I agree with the Camilla part about, like, um, a lot of the good... Some of really, really good designers are painters, and, and uh, yes, I, I think uh, that's a big inspiration, whether, uh, I mean, someone is painting in... in naked persons or, or whatever they're painting. It's a beautiful landscape or, or some animals. And uh, there is a, a guy from, I think he's from Belgium. Mm -hmm. His name is Shane Wolf, a fantastic painter. Mind-blowing, actually. I think it's like today's Rembrandt. Uh, he's a great inspiration for sort of artistic uh, inspiration for myself. If you can have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that person be? Uh, ooh. I, for, for my, I think, um, I love the 30s. I think uh, I agree with Jay Leno that the 1930s was a fantastic period of car designs, yes. I think. Um, for me, I think there are two names uh, or sort of there is – Marcello Gandini, I really love his stuff mm. because what he has done is absolutely amazing together with the Jujaro. But I, for me personally, I like uh, Gandini uh, just a little bit more. <laughs> uh, I think a chat with him would be fantastic. I mean, he's still alive yeah. and, and uh, yeah. um, I, I would enjoy it. And since I speak Italian, I, I think he, he, he could dare to talk to me <laughs> because it, it tends like a lot of Italians just want to speak in Italian. So, yeah. so a chat with him would be a, a, a fantastic, interesting. Well, I've been trying to get him on this show. Maybe what I should do is have you be the interpreter and we can have both of you come back on the show and, and talk. <laughs> that that might get him to open up and talk. That's for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I have to say... A friend of mine, uh, he's a car collector, but we have a shared passion. And it's uh, Bart Leonard's books, Waft, from uh, Belgium. And I think, number, I think everyone should have Waft. It's W-A-F-T. Okay. And it's book number two. You can buy number one and three as well. But all those books that... Um, this small, small company produce are f absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I really love the old German books called Könnemann. I don't know if they still exist, but they produce a lot of nice car books. Oh, okay. But sin since they're not existing anymore, I think, waft with the Bart Leonard's. I think all people who love cars should just go and buy them buy all the books because they are fantastic and bart uh, bart's uh, wife she's uh, taking the photos and and bart is uh, always editing the the books and uh, writing the stories and i mean he's he's a king about cars so it's very tasteful it's very arty i think um should be in on everyone's shelf, definitely. There you go. Well, maybe you could introduce me to him and we could have him here on Cars. Yeah, that would be pretty spectacular. 
Well, listeners, I'll remind you you can find links to all these great resources that Michael has shared on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in a Michael, M-I-K-A-E-L is the spelling of his first name, Lindeberg, L-I-N-D-B-E-R-G is his last name. You'll find links to all these books and all these great resources that Michael has shared with us today. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Michael, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it costs. Money is not the object here. Design and driving experience is what it's all about. What would that special car for you be and why? It's like going in a candy shop and asking <laughs> to just pick one. I know. Because I can pick 100. But I, I have to say there is one Bugatti called Aeroleaf made of magnesium. Ah, it is it, it is similar looking to the um, Atlantic, but this is a bit more profound. I think it's just it's just exists one in the whole world. And the story about the restoration was fantastic. But the car itself, it is just stunning. And yes, I, I can. Im- I, I don't want to imagine the price. <laughs> well, I, you don't have to I, worry about that with me because no. I'm going to buy you whatever no. you'd like. So. <laughs> That's not a big deal, but the car you're talking about, I believe, is kind of a, a minty, soft green color, if I'm right. Mm, is that yes, the right car? With white, yes, with white tires. Uh, yes, yes. That car, oh my. Uh, mm. You know, you've picked a pretty special automobile there. Whew, yeah, very, very special car. That's going to be a hard one for me to get, <laughs> considering, <laughs> considering there's only one of those. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure the owner does not want to let that go, but, uh, <laughs> oh man, that thing is so beautiful. Yeah, it, it's just a, it's a delicate jewel. And you know what's interesting about your choice to me is your father being a jeweler, master jeweler. To me, this car is like a piece of jewelry. It's so delicate looking that, when I see it, I almost think, man, I'd be, you'd be afraid you're going to break it if you drove it because it's just so wonderful in, in so many ways. Have you ever seen the car in person? No. Uh, I know that the first time I saw it was in Jay Leno. He had it in a show mm-hmm. in the, at the Pebble Beach, and uh, the chap who owns it or restored it, I, they spoke about it, and I fell in love with it. I mean, I love a lot of – I love Bugatti cars. I think they are awesome. Um, the whole story with the Rembrandt Bugatti and, and uh, Ettore Bugatti, the whole sort of um, – I mean, with the, uh, I don't remember who did the um, chairs and stuff like that, but they were also awesome. The whole philosophy about Bugatti, I think it was amazing. Yeah. But this car, and I mean, this car was standing out. Even the Type 35 is fantastic, and and all other cars that they did, but uh, this was just beyond everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah, over the top for sure. Well, nice choice, my friend. Being a car designer, I understand exactly why you chose that vehicle. I'll get to work on getting that in your garage, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold your breath. It may take me a little while, but uh, I'll get it there one way or the other. Well, Michael, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Y'all listeners. Do you have one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that uh, very special Bugatti Aeroleaf? Just keep the P35 
pencil rolling <laughs> i think as a, as a car designer just never stop just keep walking like gandhi said Yes. Ah, very well said. Yeah. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Keep working towards your goals. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and to learn more about Koenigsegg sports cars? Uh, just follow us on, on, uh, Twitter, Instagram and, and Facebook. And we are, uh, we have a blog on our website. And uh, that is uh, getting uh, better and better. And we have some programs on YouTube, I think it's called Inside Koenigsegg. You can see, watch us there. Oh, yeah. Some old, I think they're one year old, but they're, they're still very good and, and um, inspirational. And, and I think as a, as a young guy, this new era now and, and compared to when I grew up, uh, we didn't, of course, we didn't have that sort of technology and if if uh, we had that when we were young, uh, would have been fantastic. And yeah. and because we had to search for those things in books, or um, things were much harder to get hold of those type of informations. Because uh, I mean, a guy who was maybe in that business with that um, knowledge that you maybe could find in a sort of a Jaguar club or something like that. But this is so much easier. You, you can get hold of a lot of information that you can really enjoy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I understand you also have a website where people can go and see your artwork. Is that right? Yes. Well, I paint. Yes, I have. Um, I expose my paintings on Instagram. I'm building up a web page and, and I have a web, another web page where I sell my, my art. And what are those websites? It's on Etsy. Um, okay. If you go to my Instagram, there is, um, it, which is hashtag Swede Mikael. You can find my, there are some connections there to where I sell my art. There you go. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything that Michael shared today on his show notes page again at carsyeah.com. Just type Michael, M-I-K-A-E-L, into the search bar, and you'll find those uh, links to his Instagram, his pages where you can see his artwork, and, of course, check out the Koenigsegg website and blog. Thank you, Michael, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. It was wonderful. Cheers. Cheers to you, too. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! 
Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!